Welcome to the We RTR podcast, a podcast about everything Traveler's Rest, with your host Lacey Keegley and Brandon Timms. Enjoy! Hey guys, and welcome to the We RTR podcast. I'm Brandon, along with Lacey. How are you doing, Lacey? I am good. See if you can top this weird story that I had today, or okay. actually from this week. So I'm going down 385, and I got a flip cover. It's kind of a cheap one. It just clamps down on my truck. Okay. Hit the off ramp. As soon as I hit 385, this thing goes flying off the back of my truck. It's a true story. Yeah, true story. Okay. <laughs> like fly, it looks like Batman. Like you flying right. off. <clears throat> it's crazy. And it just, I just left it there. Just went flying. You down really road. did? Yeah. What was I, I supposed to do? I think you went to go back and get it. <laughs> it was on 385. I mean, where was I going to pull over? I, I can't top that story. I mean, I don't have anything crazy that happens this week. That's crazy. <laughs> that was just, you know, the craziest thing. And then I had, I had a funeral to get to, so it's like, I just left it. That's a rough day, man. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I can't top that story. I'm trying to think. My dad is busy for out of town. He is 76. And he tries to wake my children up really, really early by singing like happy songs. So there's that happening in my that house. That never works. Yeah, so that's happening. <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> all right, so today we're here with Sam Slaughter. How you doing, Sam? Good, thank you for having me. Yeah, Do so you, you have a crazy story from you your have a crazy story? I don't know. <laughs> no crazy stories this week. Maybe we'll come up with Just one. Just a crazy book about cocktails, huh? I would like to think it's a fun romp through the 90s. That's perfect. Yeah, so you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, you know, we'll get to your book too. Sure. Um, I live just outside of TR, right near Cherrydale. So just a quick ride up the highway away. Um, I've been in the Greenville area now for around three years. Um, and in a previous life, I'm about to transition into a different type of writing, but I've been a food and drink writer. Uh, I've been a magazine editor. I've been able to in that capacity, interview a bunch of cool people, uh, eat and drink stuff all around the world, yeah. and um, that sort of spurred the, the making of the cocktail book, which is Are You Afraid of the Dark Rum and Other Cocktails for 90s Kids, uh, and that came out, it'll be two years in June, so June 2019 is when it came out. That's cool. So how do you get into being a food like? You call it critic? Is that what it, or? Uh, um, it's a little bit of everything. I've done some. <laughs> that sounds like stuff. a dream job. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It is to an extent. Um, the so part of what I would you know I would do some reviews of things, um, a lot of interviews with chefs or creators, whatever bartenders. Um, and one of the one of the perks is getting to travel and getting to see places. So uh, I've been able to go a lot of different places. But uh, the one part that people the, the not fun part is when you are up at like 4 a.m. every day to get your normal day's work done and then you go out and uh, you know eat and drink and then have to like stay up till 2. <laughs> I say uh, have to, but uh, I mean in a new country, might as well see everything. Um, so it does get kind of exhausting, but I can't complain at, in the, at the end of the day. Yeah, that's, uh, I think, so what are some of the magazines and things you work with? You said you've only been here three years, so what have you done before you came here? Yeah, so um, my my last role was as a uh, food and drink editor for a men's lifestyle magazine, and then I freelance, so I've had stuff in, let's see, Maxim and Bloomberg, Inside Hook, kind of all over the board, uh, The Bitter yeah. Southerner, which is based out of Atlanta, I've had a yeah, piece savage. in, um, so a little bit of everything, and then just Right now, I've been freelancing for the past seven or eight months um, with a couple of different publications and 
just seeing what happens. Yeah, I see your work um, locally online. It looks great. Um, and I saw one, I think it's called like, the Manual Guide. Um, tell us about that. Uh, that was my previous magazine. I was there okay. for five years, so I helped uh, develop the magazine. Sort of, I got there a year in, and um, I then stayed on for five years, was let go last summer. So, or laid off because of COVID. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, it was, I got to do a lot there and I got to, got to write about a lot of cool things. Yeah, I think it's neat too because I feel like a lot of readers, I know demographic speaking, when you look at in Instagram, a lot of magazines are being read by women. So I love that there was actually, you know, a whole thing devoted to, to men. I think that's kind of different. And, I mean, I'm sure you had readers across the board, but. Yeah, and one of our, our goals for that magazine though was, even though uh, it was directed at a, you know, a male audience, um, there are plenty of magazines or websites out there that are very much a sort of very male-dominated and oriented. We wanted to be able to speak to, you know, anyone who wanted to read it. So while fashion, grooming products, say, those would be directed towards towards the male audience uh, with food and drink, you know, no one can stop anyone from having a specific food or a drink, and so it has to, you know, be applicable across the board. Um, so that is that was our goal in the, the time I was there with the people that I had working with me. Yeah. And who were some of those fun people you've been able to meet? I feel like I scrolled back through your Instagram a little bit um, before this morning and I saw the guy's last, his name is Guy, it was the last name I never can pronounce. I saw uh, a picture of him. Yeah, so I got to meet Guy Fieri. Yes, thank um, you, he, he was amazing. Um, I think he's one of the kind of the hardest working people in the food, celebrity food industry um, that he doesn't get a lot of credit for because he has spiked hair. <laughs> and, uh, but right. he was he was awesome to talk to. I've been I was very lucky. I got to interview Anthony Bourdain three times. Oh, amazing! Um, Emma Lagasse. Uh, who else? I got to interview the world's most interesting man. If you remember those Dosakis yes. commercials, yes. Jonathan Goldsmith. Uh, oh, cool. He was fascinating. Um, all over the board. There, uh, Lance Bass. Just kind of in the five years. Uh, Celebrities obviously uh, often do kind of endorsements with brands and stuff, and so when the brand has that come out, they offer those up, and so you get 10 15 minutes to speak with someone who you have no business speaking to, <laughs> right? Um, but they're all very, I mean, they're celebrities and they get paid lots of money to put up with people like me, so um, they're all very smile and pretend to be happy, right? yeah. That's really cool, though. That's fun, yeah. So, tell us about this uh, book. It's, I mean, I'm a 90s kid, so it's kind of uh, intriguing to me, yeah. I, I, I'm basically nice, guys. I'm a tiny bit older than you guys. <laughs> um, so it's it's as I said, it's called "Are You Afraid of the Dark Rum?" and other cocktails for '90s kids. It's um, 45 cocktails that I created, and they are all um, puns and pop culture-based cocktails. And so oh, cool. I went back through the the '90s, whether it's the music or the movies, books, whatever, toys, um, and tried to feed off of the nostalgia that I had for a lot of those things while also looking at the different experiences that other people had as well. Um, so, you know, my, my 90s experience wasn't my sisters who was six years older than me or, you know, even my parents or my best friends. It's all, I wanted to get as many of those kind of nostalgic moments that when you see something pop up, you go, oh man, yeah, I remember yes. that. Um, and so I tried to cram as much of that as possible into the book while also making cocktails that would be accessible um, and that would speak to the kind of 
the fun that I remember from the 90s. Obviously, we all kind of, the, the, the nostalgic lens sort of shades things from us, but um, I've heard the fun stuff. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? That used to be one of my favorite shows. I actually got a Are You Afraid of the Dark shirt. See, I don't totally remember <clears throat> It was like uh, scary stories. Oh, like and they would throw like the sand on the campfire and oh, you know, all yes, that. Yes. The Midnight Society. Yeah, oh, which yeah. I have a ten. Yeah. That's cool. That was yeah, actually, I tried yeah. to watch it with my kids, but it was. They're, I guess they're still too young for yeah, any maybe, scary to them. Maybe scary. <laughs> <laughs> what's but some I'll, other uh, cocktails you have in there? Like, uh, yeah. So the are you just taking? Uh, well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you just taking like. You know, real cocktails, or you just make your own, or did you put a new name on real cocktails? Uh, no, so my goal was not to just rename cocktails. Um, if I was using classic cocktails in any way, shape, or form, I was trying to, to rip on them to do something at least a little different. Um, I wanted them to bring something new to the table, and so all of them have some sort of some sort of spin on them. So the the Windows seventy five. Um, named after Windows 95, and then <laughs> it's the, the cocktail of French 75, which is traditionally um, gin, sparkling wine, and uh, lemon juice with a little bit of simple syrup. Um, I added some other stuff to it and changed around some of those ingredients, so it would be more my own. Um, and then there were some that I sort of made up out of out of nothingness. Um, if you remember Sips Iced Tea, the little juice boxes, um, I made a cocktail <laughs> that would taste like those. So it's got bourbon and limoncello and some orange bitters in it. So it's a really boozy cocktail, but um, yeah. yeah. It's really fun. What are, yeah, what are some other 90s references? You got friends. You got friends. Surely you have to have friends. There is a, uh, it's a set of um, shots in there called the Rossi and Rachel. So it's, um, <laughs> the, it's the red vermouth and a shot of, of mezcal. Um, there's the Fresh Mint of Bel Air, which is a, a strawberry gin sour. Um, I made that cocktail originally for a competition down in New Orleans, and I really liked it, so I, I kept it in my little notebook of things, and the first chance I got to put it in something, I did. Um, Can you sing the whole song? I bet you guys could right now. Probably. I mean, at least the, I'm first, not going. the first couple of verses. Yeah. Sure, we do, yeah. <clears throat> I did love the Fresh Prince. Yeah. Oh, that's really funny. other 90s things that was... Yeah, it's hard for me sometimes yeah. to separate uh -huh. 80s from the 90s in my mind. Um, I mean, I grew up, it definitely, I mean, I graduated from high school in the early 90s. So then 90s for me was a little, you know, a little different than being um, in high school or elementary school. <laughs> Are there any of that music-themed uh, cocktails you have in? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. There's one... Uh, as long as you run me, so the Backstreet Boys started their right. kind of career in the '90s. Right. Um, there is now that I'm put on the spot, I'm going to blame. Yeah, you can't, yeah, yeah I'm such a sucker for a pun too. So that's yeah. so fun. I like that it combines both those. Oh, that's a really fun idea. So you mentioned something like, like a next venture. Is that something you can talk about? Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'll be doing writing work for a, uh, a health and wellness company. Okay, so great. I'll be kind of being able to, after six, seven years, however long it's been, separate the food and drink stuff from, you know, full-time job, and uh, I'm going to take some time before sort of jumping back into food and drink stuff to be able to do it with fresh eyes and, you know, what a... a maybe some more creativity or something. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Will you still be based from home, like freelance or? Uh, yeah, it's a remote yeah. position. Yes. So. 
Which is, I mean, during this whole year that we've all been home, I think people like you and I who are writers, I mean, we are, we're home anyway sometimes, you know, but it just, it still feels different. I mean, being able to go to a restaurant, sit for a while, do your writing or something, it's been different than just being at home doing it. Right. Um, what do you feel like have been some changes that you're, you know, that have been good for you about being home more and some things that have been like that? Like so I, I've been working from home for, you know, five or six years. Yeah. So this was like the... The change wasn't spectacular for me. I was used to it more than many of my friends, um, just because as a as a freelance writer, as an editor, like my my company was based in Oregon, so I would go out there a couple times a year. But um, for the most part, I was I was our East Coast sort of sector. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but I guess as you said, like being able to go to a bar or a restaurant and write, hang out talk to the bartenders, um, that would be the, the thing that I probably missed the most last year. Uh, sure. I'm happy that things are opening up again, and For sure. I get to see my friends and have them make me delicious things again. Yes. <laughs> and, and the 90s kid, you said you weren't from here, so where did you spend your 90s? Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in New Jersey. Okay. Um, so I, I spent the first, I guess, 17 years of my life there, and then bounced around for college, and then grad school, and then some job stuff, and then more grad school, and then more job stuff. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> The, I ended up uh, back home in, I was born outside of New York City, so I ended up working in New York City for about a year and a half, and then ended up in Greenville. Yeah, and what do you love about Greenville compared to all these places? Um, I like the size of it. Uh, the ability to get other places quickly has also been useful. Like, I, yeah. Greenville Air, uh, GSP is so easy to get through, um, and it allows me, you know, I've been able, because I was traveling for a while while I was here, but I'm able to get where I need to with some, you know, amount of ease normally. And then, uh, you know, some of my best friends live up in Hendersonville, so that was uh, another good thing when choosing Greenville. Um, so I like the, I guess, the, the ability, and it sounds bad when I say the ability to get other places, <laughs> But, no, um, it's a great location for that. The, the size of the city and being able to get to know, you know, the different purveyors or just people in general um, is also, uh, it's been a fun thing. Yeah. yeah. So going back to your book real quick, like, how, what, what did you, could you just pull a bunch of stuff together and try to, oh, this tastes good and we're going to do this um, or, or is it just, I guess, being around a bunch of, you know, food stuff and drinks, you kind of just yeah, pick up on things? It's it's just something that I think, I've been cooking since I was little and just messing around with drinks since, you know, I turned 21. Um, but playing with flavors has always been part of what I do. And so I've got a certain, and I think any, you know, people who cook often or people who make drinks have, after a while, you can picture sort of what something tastes like in your head. And then yeah. when you're adding those things together, you can kind of go from there to, to figure out how to alter it if you need to. And so... Uh, a lot of the cocktails, I would say the there were two ways that I went about making the cocktails. One would be I had an idea for a drink and then I would put a name to it later or it would come up with a pun and then sort of reverse engineer something. Um, and then for figuring out the cocktails themselves, it was talking to friends who were bartenders or just making one and making it again until you know I was happy with it or whoever was having tastes and were happy with them. Um, doing what I do, you know, with the food and drink I have. My, you know, my home bar is 
much bigger than most people, and so I have access to plenty of things where if I if I've been thinking about say like um, a a tequila drink and I want to see if it works, I can go into my office and pick out a bottle and you know mess around for a little bit. So you know that the the work that I was doing definitely helped the creative process along for access. So what's your, uh, before we get into our you know, questions we always ask, what's your favorite drink? Oh, that's a hard question. <clears throat> um, this is a cop-out answer, and I agree <laughs> with that. Um, but it depends on where I am and who yeah. I'm with. I got you. Um, you know, I, I love everything from a, a PPR and a shot to a really nicely made cocktail. It just depends on the circumstance. Um, you know, if I'm at a tailgate, I'll drink whatever's cold. Um, <laughs> Whether it's a hard seltzer or uh, you know a bush light, it doesn't really matter. Um, I've done both of them, you know, probably at the same time at some point. <laughs> a bush latte. <laughs> you have a favorite drink, Brandon? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm just pretty simple. I mean, I'm just uh, drinking you know beer, you know, just you know like a Blue Moon or something. Yeah. Or uh, I do like the peach whiskey from Old Smoky. It's pretty good. I'm not a beer fan, but I've actually your your um, <coughs> cocktail sound neat because the only drinks I've ever found that I really like are um, cocktails. We did a, a podcast with um, TR Tasting Room, and they took it as a personal challenge that I was like, I don't, I don't super love many alcohol options, you know? Um, but then they pull out something. I wish I could remember. I need to go back over and see what it was. But it was amazing. Was. Some kind of like um, a kind of like a wine spritzer or something, I think. Yeah, I'm super boring. I like an amaretto sour, <laughs> and then I'm like, well, that's what I like. Mm-hmm. Um, you like what you so like, I need yeah. to, I, I want to branch out, so I have to get the book and see what I can, uh, I don't know that I can concoct it, but maybe. I'm sure you uh, all the books in the, or the, the instructions in the book, rather, are, um, I wanted them to be accessible to uh, anyone, whether you are a bartender or not, so yeah. I feel confident you'd be able to make okay. it. Okay, well, I will see. I will see. We'll give it a try. Give it a shot. You got it? Give it a shot. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we always ask some little questions here at the end, um, and they're just, you know, silly, <clears throat> some would-you-rather questions. And so the first is a would-you-rather. Would you rather blow up 100 balloons or lick 500 envelopes? You're forced to make a decision. Balloons or envelopes? I guess you're doing this all by mouth. Then, huh? um, yeah, yeah, I think <coughs> that's the deal. You have to do this, yeah. I would say uh, the balloons just because you would... For the envelopes, your mouth would get dried out, and so you would also have to be like constantly having something to drink to yes. make sure that your lips or your tongue are wet. Well, so you could read the book and lick envelopes. That's true. You and could try to make different <laughs> drinks. I actually can't stand blowing up balloons. I don't know why. It's very difficult to me. I don't know. So I might pick the envelopes, although that's equally cool. I don't know. I think I'd go with balloons. I'd be more worried about paper cuts on my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do either, basically. I don't want to do either of these things. Um, but at least with the balloons, you're like, eventually you'll just pass out and you don't have to do the rest that's of That's true. Thing. And it's just over. And the envelope's just the, their tongue is just a mess. All right. When you were a kid, did you have any posters on your wall? And that's a good one, especially for a 90s kid, guys. Um, I'm sure I did. The only ones that are coming to mind right now, though, that I know I had up, um, I had. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a marine biologist until I realized that like science was involved. Um, <laughs> what a shame! And math and things that involve a very concrete yes. way of thinking. Um, but I had these puzzles that were you know 500 piece puzzles or something that I, my dad had like you know put puzzle glue on and yeah. put them up. So I had two, two or three like marine scenes uh, on my walls. <laughs> 
Oh man, I'm trying to think. I did, I did love a band called the New Kids on the Block. <laughs> and uh, I had some posters of those guys on my wall. And um, I love Kirk Cameron. Remember that guy? From Growing Pains? Yeah. So I might have had a poster of him. And then the other thing that, that I thought was so edgy at the time was I loved the band The Cure. And um, I really liked Robert Smith. Those are three very different Right? Very different things. And The Cure, you know, Robert Smith was an interesting looking guy in that time period. And my dad is a very conservative man. And so I especially loved that I had a full <coughs> body poster of Robert Smith, you know, mid-concert. And I hung it above my bed on the ceiling. Just, I mean, I liked Robert Smith, but I also loved the reaction that my dad gave when he came upstairs. Like, why is it above your yellow canopy bed? Well, <laughs> Dad, I love Robert Smith. Yeah. I never had any growing up until I got in college. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's... I don't know I if I know what was on your wall in college. <laughs> I don't know. Not that. <laughs> it was actually more embarrassing. <laughs> it was... Uh, uh, earmuffs, I guess. It's, well, I'll be nice. It was different types of poop. What? Why? <laughs> that is way worse, though. Yeah, yeah, Robert than anything you could have probably thought of, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Did they sell that at like the college? It was like, or something? I don't know, like Spencer's, maybe. Oh, sure, I don't Spencer's. Know. I love that we share. And honestly, I feel like these questions always get us way more in trouble than they ever get our guests. And you guys are all conservative, like yeah, just, you know. I don't know. I have to see if I can like look up a. I wouldn't Google look that up on Google. <laughs> <laughs> Ruin my algorithms. That, uh, that will only do you harm, I feel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it only stayed up for a little while, and then I was like, that's Where'd stupid. Where did you go to school? Uh, Spartanburg Methodist College. Okay, where did you go to school? Uh, I went to Elon in North Carolina. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, last one. If you had, oh, this is interesting. If you had to delete all but three apps from your smartphone, which ones would you keep? You're only going to keep three. Well, that's tough. That's good for me. Is it? Of course. You keep TikTok. Of course TikTok, <laughs> number one. <laughs> I don't know, I'm gonna look at mine right now, see what I keep. I would guess uh, Instagram, uh, yes. Spotify, and let's see. Just because I use it a lot, uh, the Traeger app for my pellet grill. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Oh! That's like a, the smoker. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so you can control it from That's there. That's really so, funny. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's very convenient. Uh, my buddy, Josh, who he runs Cohesive Coffee in town over on yeah. Airport Road, uh, he also has one. And we would, it's very convenient when we go to the pool. You know, I go with him and his family, and we can be at the pool but still monitor what's on the ground. That's incredible. Yeah. I might keep that app too. Slash run back for beer if we need to. That's, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> I walked in on that pool party. That's cool. I don't know what I keep. I do like Instagram. I kind of ridiculously like the Marco Polo app because I have a dear friend, like a sister, who lives in Oregon, and we can frequently communicate that way that is, the time yeah. zones. But um, I sort of like the um, Life360 app I have for my kids when they're traveling around to see where they are. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's hard. Half these things I feel like I could just delete right now. I don't really care. <laughs> Instagram, TikTok, and podcast. Mm. Yeah, we should say that. We should all be saying that, right? Then podcast, that Audible, podcast, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, this was a uh, fun. So, uh, where do we uh, find you on social? Yeah. Uh, so I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of those at Slaughter Rights. That's W-R-I-T-E-S. Um, and then you can get the book at M Jetson in town or online, wherever. Um, yeah. 
What's the name of the book again? Are You Afraid of the Dark Rum and Other Cocktails for 90s? Cool. Yeah, that's great. All right, Lacey, where do you find you at? Travis Rest here. Um, Instagram, website, Facebook. All right, you can find me on Tim's Mobile Detailing on all the social medias. Well, this was fun, man. I, I, I want to definitely yeah. pick up the book because, you know, 90s is my jam, so. That's right. It'll be fun. Tim's Mobile Detailing makes having a clean vehicle easy and convenient. We come to your home or office. We specialize in anything from maintenance detailing to ceramic coatings. Please follow us on all the social medias at Tim's Mobile Detailing. Thanks. Have a great day. We'd love for you to follow along at Traveler's Rest Here. We share the stories of the people and the places of TR, a town that is just as charming as its name. Find us online at travelersresthere.com, on Facebook at Travelers Rest Here, and on Instagram at Travelers Rest Here. Subscribe online to our weekly newsletter for events and stories in TR. See you online.